Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I'm your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 71. Please be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star reviews. It would be greatly appreciated. This week, we'll be diving into the Wells Fargo Championship, as well as, I'll quickly recap, the Mexico Open. So obviously, Tony Finau looked great, absolutely incredible, especially on Sunday. Just any time it looked like he was in trouble, completely got out of it. Ball striking clinic, 14.8 strokes tee to green. He was absolutely incredible. Can't say enough good things about him. And I'm going to say some more good things about him about this week, but we'll get there. But, you know, a lot of people give him shit about not winning big tournaments. And clearly this was a scrub field, but he, he's still going head to head with Rom, And you got to give him credit for that because... Rom never had a chance, basically. Tony just was in absolute control for what it seemed like the entire weekend. Now, I know I'm not alone. Had the Batia outright. Did come away with the each way, so that was exciting. But it, it was nice to see him up there and got a little bit of a sweat, although Sunday was pretty anticlimactic with that. But I, I do think big things are on the way for him as well. And, you know... It's it's definitely some good experience for him to get in the final pairing with with Rom and Finau, you know, even though it didn't turn out the way that he wanted and and a lot of us wanted, definitely going to be some good experience for him going forward and and I definitely think we could see a win coming from him in the future, but again, Tony Finau absolutely incredible and and we're going to roll that over into this week. So this week with the Wells Fargo, it's actually kind of funny. That was such a scrub field last week and you know, it, it's it's ugly and people complain, but I actually almost like the scrub fields a little bit better. I think it's actually easier to make some decisions in, in some of those weaker fields. Whereas this week, not going to lie, I, I'm having a tough time here kind of breaking down where I want to go. There's, there's some, the pricing's not exactly tight, but there's just a lot of guys that you can make cases for or make little cases against this week. So we're, we're going to do our best here to kind of go through it and and see what we want to do. Now, I'm going to say something absolutely crazy right off the top, but I might actually fade Rory this week, and, and we can get into that. But first, let's get into the course. So we have Quail Hollow. It's 7,530-yard par 71 with Bermuda greens, and Quail Hollow boasts the most difficult three-hole closing stretch known as the Green Mile. The Green Mile starts with a 500-yard par 4, 16th hole, has trouble on both sides of the fairway. The approach shot isn't too great as there's water on the left of the and behind the green. Bunker is on the right. Hole 17 is a 200-yard par 3 with a lake in front of it and also to the left of the green. And then you have the finishing long par 4, has a creek running up the left side, bunkers on the right side, so it, it's... It's going to come down to those three holes probably on Sunday to see who wins this thing. But definitely a difficult course, long course. Really going to want guys that, that are good with scrambling and bogey avoidance. And definitely want some length off the tee a little bit here. But but also, again, similar to last week, you know, we're going to be hitting a lot of shots from the same places guys were last week. So that there's going to be a lot of long irons that come into play. Nearly a third of all approach shots come from 200 yards. And 175 to 200 yards make up another 22% of all approaches. So you definitely want guys that are good with those mid to long irons, especially the long irons. A little bit of length off the tee. Now, 
the rough can be kind of penal here, so it, it's going to be interesting to to see how high the rough is this week. But driving distance is definitely an added bonus here. Average drive comes in at about 299 yards. So guys do bomb it off the tee here. And strokes gained off the tee at Quail Hollow is very important. Actually the fifth most of any course on tour. And the fairways are difficult to hit. So we will have some missed fairways here. And driving accuracy only comes in at about 53%. So kind of looking for guys that that can hit the fairways this week or, or mash it off the tee and really gain strokes on a on approach and off the tee. So definitely want some ball striking this week. Want to look at those proximities of over 200 yards and 175 to 200 yards. And as I said before, a little bit of bogey avoidance. And because we are hitting such far approach shots, proximity of the holes probably not going to be too great either. So some long putts and actually a lot of guys miss putts inside of 15 feet here. So that that's just something to keep in mind as well. As far as the actual golfers go, I, I teased it a little bit. I'm leaning towards Faden Rory, and it's gross to say that. Obviously, this this is a place where he's had some of his most success on, on tour, but the guy missed the cut at the Players, missed the cut at the Masters. Obviously, the missed cut at the Masters just didn't sit well with him because he hasn't played a competitive round since, so... You know that that that's an issue in itself. Is is he going to come out here and be a little bit rusty? And he's probably going to be one of the top five highest owned, maybe even highest owned on the slate. So it's going to be interesting to see. I kind of want to let the ownership kind of dictate a little bit more. But as of right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards fading him. He's he's definitely going to be the highest owned up here at the top. And if he's just he hasn't been putting well this year, so if, if the putter's not there, if he's missing fairways and, and just still kind of in his head the way he's been the past couple times we'd seen him and, and hasn't played in forever, I think you can make a case for Faden Rory this week. And it's definitely scary, but I think there's plenty of guys that, that we can play here. Now, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I really don't like Xander very much, but I, I can't make a case against him this week. So if you wanted to go Xander... I think you're fine there. I actually personally will be playing Patrick Cantlay probably quite a bit. I, I do actually like him a lot this week. Not a great putter on Bermuda greens, but been very consistent this year. He's only missed one cut, but otherwise has finished no worse than 26th. Has four top five finishes so far in 2023. He's fourth off the tee, 10th in strokes gained on approach. First on approaches over 200 yards, second in par 5 scoring, first on par 4s from 450 to 500 yards over the last 50 rounds. So love where Cantlay's game is at and and definitely think that he could play pretty well here. So I'll I'll have quite a bit of Cantlay. Finau will probably be my highest owned golfer, as, as I said before, just how good he looked last week. I think he can carry that over into this week. Hasn't really played great in the past at the Wells Fargo, but I think he is a different golfer than he was then. And just, as I said before, 14.8 strokes tee to green at the Mexico Open. I mean, he is striking the ball very, very well. First in strokes gained approach, second on approaches from 175 to 200 yards, sixth on the approaches over 200 yards, so great with those mid to long irons. He's sixth in par five scoring over the last 24 rounds. Love where Finau's game is at, and I'm definitely going to be playing him. Obviously, I am a, a huge Morikawa fan. 
I'm going to sprinkle a couple in there just because I have to play some Morikawa, but I, I don't know how how much of him I'm really going to have. Now, another spot where I'm having some difficulty is, is Spieth and Homa. I'm very surprised to see the ownership right now that it looks like they're coming in at probably around 15 to 18%, which isn't crazy, isn't terrible, but a little bit higher than I thought it would be. So going to have to make a decision there. I have actually made an outright on Homa. So I, I do like him here. Obviously, he's won here before and, and could play very well. Hasn't been great recently, so that does scare you a little bit. Speeth is the opposite. Hasn't played well at the Wells Fargo. Hasn't really... I think he's only played here once, but he has been incredible this year and just been knocking on the door. Obviously, was in the playoff with Fitzpatrick last time we saw him, so I definitely think you can make a case for Spieth as well. So I probably will have the two of them in it. So up top, I'm, I'm probably going past Rory and Xander. I'll start at Cantlay Finau, sprinkle a little Morikawa, and then I do like Spieth and Homa. Um, Fitzpatrick is, is kind of looking better than he did earlier in the year. Obviously had some injury concerns and really wasn't striking the ball well, but he just won a tournament. So definitely turning it around, going to come in definitely a lot lower owned than a lot of these guys. 9,300, I don't think is terrible for him. And really the big decision this week is, is going to be Hovland and Cam Young because they are just going to absorb so much ownership here. And 9200 for Hovland and 8700 for Cam Young. They're great prices for them for what they can do. Probably fit Wells Fargo. Great Quail Hollow. Hovland came third the one time he played here. Cam Young came top three last year, but that was obviously at Potomac. So not here, but still should be able to play pretty well at Quail Hollow. It's going to be interesting what to do with the two of them. I do think, actually, I'm going to be betting them outrights, and I might actually fade them in DraftKings. And I've actually had some people ask me, like, why are you making outright on someone and then you're fading them in DraftKings? How does that make sense at all? But basically, these two guys can be very volatile. You can see them possibly miss a cut or come 50th, or they could be top five. So... Obviously, I do think that they have a chance of winning here, and I do like their numbers, so I will place outrights on them. But when you're playing DraftKings, it's really more about strategy. So if they're coming in as the two highest-owned guys on the slate, and I'm kind of hedging that that maybe they do come in 55th place, don't have to use them in DraftKings and can still have the outright. So this way, do have a little bit of exposure to them. But on a DraftKings strategy standpoint, kind of get away from them there at, at high ownership. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. I do love Sung JM. I'll be playing plenty of him, just very, very safe, has basically top 20 potential every single week. I'm not going to play Jason Day. I, I do get the case for him. He's been playing well lately, has, has won here before, so... If you want to play Day, that's fine. I'm out on him. Justin Thomas, another guy that's going to be very highly owned. Hasn't really been great this year, but 8900 is just criminally low for his, his price there. So he's probably not really going to get too much more than 20% owned. So I'm fine playing a bunch of Justin Thomas. Very interesting. I wanted to play Ricky Fowler this week and, and thinking between 
Justin Thomas and Cam Young being priced right between the two of them. I thought his ownership would be a little bit lower, but he, he's been playing very, very well. Obviously, people love Ricky, so I, I get why he's kind of being played somewhere around probably 15 to 18%. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely play some, some Fowler in a couple lineups just to sprinkle, but really not going to play too much of him. As I said, I don't hate the play. He, he's played well, but... Moving down, we'll, we'll get a little bit more picky here. Just wanted to go through some of the top guys and, and kind of talk it out in my own head because, as I said, there, there's a lot of decisions to be made up top. But Sam Burns, I, I think, is actually going on under the radar a little bit, been playing better recently, and I think he could play well here. So 8600 is a good price for him. He'll probably be sub-10% ownership, so don't mind that. Terrell Hatton. Pretty pretty good off the tee, seventh over the last twenty four rounds. So you like that for for the Wells Fargo, and I'll play a little bit of Hatton as well. I'm out on Tom Kim. I have heard some people talk up the Gala, but I, I'm just not going to go there. The off the tee game has been just very erratic, and I, I don't know if I could trust it. Shane Lowry, I think, could be interesting. Good with the long irons. He's he's good on par five scoring, but I don't know how much. I really want to play of this 8K range. I will play some Brian Harmon. Obviously, he's won the Wells Fargo in 2017, although that was not played at Quail Hollow. But a guy that's good off the tee, 12th over the last 24 rounds. He's 19th in fairways gained, 18th in scrambling gained over the last 24 rounds. So I I think his game could fit here, and he's going to come in pretty low-owned as well. Also like Corey Connors, want ball strikers here, and he is clearly a very good ball striker. 10th off the tee and 6th on approach over the last 50 rounds. So definitely we'll be playing some Connors there. And then next, definitely like Keith Mitchell. First in strokes gained off the tee over the last 50 rounds. He cooled off a little bit since earlier in the year where where he was on absolute fire. But I do think that his game definitely fits here with his length off the tee and how well he plays off the tee. So I will play some Keith Mitchell. Going to be interesting to see how many people go back to Wyndham Clark after last week. Now, obviously, he fought back to make the cut, but didn't really do much with it. So I I don't know if people are going to go right back to him, but I do think he could actually play pretty well here as well. So 7,800 is a good price for him. Next, going to play Gary Woodland. Woodland just statistically looks great. He's, He's been playing very, very well recently, but actually came fifth at the Wells Fargo back in 2021 fourth in 2015 so he's played well here and as I said been striking the ball very well recently sixth in strokes gained approach or sorry sixth off the tee 12th on approach 10th in driving distance second on approaches over 200 yards over the last 50 rounds so definitely like that from Woodland and 7500 is a really good price for him Patrick Rogers has has been riding the heater Kind of didn't look good early last week, but came on strong on the weekend. So I'm willing to go back there at 7,500. Cam Davis, I, th- I think his game could fit here. So 7,500 for him seems to be past any health concerns that he had earlier in the year. So I will go there as well. Another guy that is good off the tee, Hayden Buckley. Second in strokes gained off the tee over the last 50 rounds. 7,400 for him. I, I like that as well. I'll sprinkle in a little bit of Steven Yeager, and now we're getting a little bit sketchy down here, but 7,100, I think there's a couple guys you could play. Benny on 
looked like crap on on Saturday and stormed back on Sunday. So hopefully he can carry that over to this week. I'm I'm fine playing him. Got some distance off the tee and and can strike the ball pretty well. So I'm I'm fine with Ben Hyunan. Then Nick Hardy coming off the team win. I think he could be okay here. I'm really not sure. He may not make the player pool, but as of right now, I'm I'm possibly going to play him. And then also I like Ben Martin quite a bit. I've been playing him. He's just been consistent, and I'm not going to go away from him. Eight straight made cuts, finished in the top 13 four times over that span, so definitely like that. Over the last 24 rounds, he's 17th in strokes gained approach and 6th in fairways gained, so... I'm fine playing some Ben Martin. Has some good finishes at Quail Hollow. Actually came 11th in 2021. And he's only lost strokes on approach in in one of seven appearances here. So got to like that. I'll go back to Batia. I, I, I don't really have as much confidence as I did last week. But put a little sprinkle in there and, and see what we can do there at only 7,000. Sam Stevens actually interests me quite a bit, 7,000. I, I think he could play well. He's been striking the ball pretty well over the last 24 rounds, 17th off the tee. He's 12th in driving distance over, over that span, so do like that. Also, Will Gordon been playing well, so 6,900. I, I will play him as well. Same price, 6,900. Joseph Bramlett, I, I do think you could go there. Looked good last week and, and had a pretty solid outing. So 6,900, I think he could be okay here. And then that's really all I'm looking at in the sixes. Maybe Alejandro Tosti or Tosti, however you pronounce his name. He, he's been playing very well on the Corn Ferry Tour and obviously came through last week for everyone that played him. Just, I don't think his ownership should really get too high, but at 6,500, if, if people are looking to get a cheapie, they could go back to him. So just something to keep an eye on there. But that's basically all I'm looking at this week. As I said, a lot of decisions to make up top. Most of my bets will be coming from that 20 range. Have the Homa, probably doing Hovland and, and Cam Young. So that's really what I'm looking at this week. I think I'm probably going to put in a top 20 bet on Sung J.M. And then I do want some exposure as well to Gary Woodland, whether it's going to look at his head-to-heads or, or possibly a top 20 or top 30 on him as well. So that's really all I got for this week. If you are into MMA or UFC, there is a huge card, UFC 288, coming this week. So Obviously, if if you are going to invest a single dollar in that, you want to go over to themadlabmma.com and you will get all the breakdowns over there. And Mad Lab is the best in, in, in the game, in my opinion. So definitely want to sign up over there. Definitely head over there for this card. It's, it's, it's going to be a fun one. But that's going to do it for this week. As always, check out thehelmsports.com. You can check out my hardcore parkour over there. That's my core four. DraftKings ownership fades and pivots, so I'll have that up probably by the time you're listening to this. And also head over to ProGolfNow.com. You can get my course preview over there, as well as my Dark Horse article. So check those out, and thank you to everyone who has been reaching out, asking questions, and just supporting in general. Greatly appreciated. But that's all we got for this week. Let's go win some money in another elevated tournament, and I'll talk to you next week. And remember, Stefan out there.